The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April Ford. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm April J. Ford. Our episode today is Dr. Daniel Amen, and his topic is Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, the breakthrough program for conquering anxiety, depression, obsessiveness, lack of focus, anger, and memory problems. But before I bring him on, you guys know I'd always like to say hello to all of my You're Not Alone listeners out there, and I'll just name a few countries, United States, of course. We've got the UK listening online. We've got Malaysia, Egypt, Canada, Ireland, Turkey, Philippines, Russia, and who else do we have? Japan. Again, just to name a few, thank you to all of our listeners. So I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during adversity, that they are not alone, and that there is hope. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. And I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball and you can still experience joy. I created a formula in four steps on how to have a roadmap to rise above these challenges. And they are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. Now, this roadmap guides you on finding who you are and how to handle these challenges, and this is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. And to find out more, go to the website feeljoyagain.com. I believe on taking a holistic approach on implementing the four steps, so this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. Now, with today's show with Dr. Daniel Amen, you know, I wanted to talk about when life throws you a curveball or this boulder of adversity, you know, how is your brain affected and how does this affect the other areas of your life? You know, with my personal experience, I've had insurmountable challenges in my life and I created this platform to share some of my secrets on how I've been able to turn my tragedies and triumph. And with no exception for this episode, I'll share some of my personal methods and I'll share one of them being the brain imaging experience that um, that I went through. So Dr. Daniel is a renowned neuroscientist, psychiatrist, brain imaging expert, and New York Times bestselling author. And he says it's possible to change your brain and in doing so, change your life. And he can also prove it. Healing the brain system that run your life, which we know it impacts love, depression, anxiety, fear, nervousness, you know, the ability to achieve total focus, and the list goes on and on. He is a distinguished fellow in the American Psychiatric Association. He was awarded the highest, I believe it was the highest award, and he's also the lead researcher in the world's largest brain imaging and rehab study on professional football players. And together with Pastor Rick Warren and Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Amen is also one of the chief architects of Saddleback Church's The Daniel Plan. It's a 52-week program to get people healthy through their religious organizations, and it's now being done in over 1,500 churches around the world. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, Dr. Daniel. How are you? Thanks for having me. Now, I see that you released and revised the expanded version of Change Your Brain and Change Your Life, and you're also, I believe, PBS is, you know, airing a special on you. Can you share the details on that? Well, I revised the book because it first came out in 1998, and is now translated into 26 
languages and sold almost a million copies. And I went, but so much has changed in the last 18 years. And so I revised it, expanded it. Uh, you know, since then I did the Daniel plan with Pastor Warren, as you mentioned, the big NFL study. And the message is still the same. You are not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. Um, but there are many more ways to optimize brain function, including natural ways to heal the brain. So I couldn't be more excited that the new book is out and, you know, I'm very proud of it. Um, and it's it's been the message of my life. And so, um, but when you do the right thing, your brain is better, and when you do the wrong things, it hurts it. And often when people go through challenging times, they make decisions that accelerate problems in the brain rather than decelerate it. If they go through grief, if they go through a job loss, uh, they may drink more, they may eat more bad food, and that only makes the issue they're dealing with worse. Right. Right. And we'll get into that in just a second. But I, I did want to comment for those listeners out there that haven't seen Dr. Daniel on his TED Talks. He made a very good point that, you know, when you when we speak about other professor professions, such as if you're a cardiologist, you know, you typically would physically look and study the heart. You know, if you're a chiropractor, you look at the skeleton of the body. But when it came to mental or brain health, you know, this profession before brain imaging came about, it was more of, okay, have the patient basically sit or lay on the couch and you're basically just diagnosing them based on the thoughts that would come out of their mouth. I mean, we've come such a long way and, and I think you're one of the pioneer leaders to help that industry. Well, you know, I love, love, love being a psychiatrist, but I hate the fact that we don't use all the tools that are available to us to help individual patients. And so I have been using imaging for 24 years and trying to get my colleagues to do the same because if you don't look, you don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. you miss really important things like brain injuries or infections or mold exposure of toxicity. And, uh, you know, I like to say um, with the SPECT imaging we use that a picture is worth a thousand words, but a map is worth a thousand pictures. A map tells you where you are and gives you directions on how to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And without mapping the brains of our patients, we're often lost in the wilderness and we can take wrong turns and wrong turns can hurt people. Right. Now, when, you know, for people out there who haven't done a brain image or a scan before, um, I can only draw from my own personal experience, but I basically put this cap on, if you can imagine, like a swim cap, and it had probes and leads tied to it, you know, and it led to the computer. Um, how can how would you be able to best explain to our audience on what are you able to see in that scan? So the cap is probably a quantitative EEG, and we also do that. Um, and it's a way to look at the brain. So with spec studies, what we uh, look at are basically three things. Areas of the brain that work well, areas of the brain that are low in activity, and areas of the brain that are high in activity. So good activity, too little or too much. And then our job is to balance it. And we can balance it with medicine, with supplements, with certain forms of psychotherapy, with uh, innovative treatments like transcranial magnetic stimulation where we use powerful magnets to stimulate the brain. Even putting people in hyperbaric oxygen tanks can shown to be healing and helpful. Wow. Wow. Now, how would, you know, going back to people, how would they know without going through the scan I mean, how are you supposed to know if you are, like you said, when you do the right things, that's something healthy for your brain. But if you're doing something wrong, you can basically accelerate more problems that has a ripple effect on, on your health. But how are, how are people supposed to know if you're doing something right versus wrong? Well, there's the list. You know, I say brain health is really three things. Brain envy 
you have to care. Nobody cares about their brain. Why? Because mm-hmm. you can't see it. So you can see the wrinkles around your belly or you know, the fat around your belly or the wrinkles around your face, and you do something when you're unhappy with it. But with the brain, since people don't look at it, they don't really care about it. And that's what the imaging has taught us, is how to care about it. And then you want to avoid things that hurt your brain, so you, you have to know what those things are. Drugs and alcohol, that's sort of obvious, mm-hmm. uh, although some people think of alcohol as a health food, which is sort of stupid. Uh, you know, you just have to be around drunk people to know it's <laughs> usually not doing good things for the right, brain. Right. Um, but, you know, there are things that actually surprised us. High blood sugar levels are associated with brain atrophy or damage to the brain. Um, sleep apnea triples the risk for Alzheimer's disease. Getting your nail and hair done too often because you're around toxic chemicals too much. Having mold in your house is a disaster for brain function. And so knowing what are those things to avoid and then what are the right things to do so your diet just becomes absolutely critical because your brain uses 20 to 30% of the calories you consume. So a fast food diet equates to a fast food mind. Um, so diet, exercise, new learning, simple supplements can be so helpful. And to make it even simpler, I play this game with my daughter, Chloe, who's 12. We've played it ever since she's two. So I call it Chloe's game. Is this good for my brain or bad for it? Mm-hmm. So when I say avocado, she'll say two thumbs up, God's butter. If I say blueberries, and she has red hair like her mother, um, she'll put her hands on her hips and go, are they they organic? Because non-organic blueberries hold more pesticides than almost any fruit. If they're organic, she'll say, oh, God's candy. If I say playing football, she'll roll her eyes at me and she'll go, are you (laughs) stupid? Your brain is soft, skull is hard, skull has sharp bony ridges, why would you ever, you know, put yourself at risk for a concussion. That's not good for your brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I heard about the, I think you have, that's part of your book, it's the 12 principles that change your brain and your life, um, which was, you know, adapted from the original version of your book. And if people want to get a hold of this, they can send me an email, and I'd be happy to send that. Um, to you guys, you can email me at aprilj.ford at joysofyaw.com. And we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break now and more with Dr. Daniel. I want him after the break to basically exp- you know, expand more on what happens to our brain as a result of a specific trauma or a life event that causes um, a lot of us to you know, experience other um, health ailments. So when we come back with Dr. Amen. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, 
That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. We are back. We've been talking with Dr. Daniel Amen with his latest expanded release version of Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. You guys might have known him with the uh, Daniel plan as featured at Saddleback Church with Pastor Rick Warren and Dr. Mark Hyman. Just before the break, we were talking about, you know, good ways to keep your brain um, healthy, you know, doing the right things versus the wrong things to accelerate and prevent some of the other ripple effect of problems in our health. So, Dr. Daniel, can you tell us, you know, what happens to our brain as a result of a trauma or, you know, something traumatic that happens when you're dealing with grief or maybe sexual abuse. Because I think there was a study that I saw um, when an abuse victim like myself going through sexual abuse, when you compare a brain that's gone through that type of abuse, it's almost like uh, a veteran, you know, a veteran that comes back from war that is suffering from PTSD. Can you explain what are some of the mappings that you've seen in the imaging? So I just published this huge study on about 20,000 people. It's the largest imaging study ever published. And what we discovered was emotional trauma activates the um, limbic or the emotional part of the brain. And people start to spin on the horrible things that they've experienced. So um, three areas we see become overactive. So the emotional part of the brain, the anxious part of the brain, and the brain's gear shifter. Um, The brain's gear shifter is called the cingulate gyrus. It becomes overactive, and so people can loop on the trauma go over and over and over Mm -hmm. in their Mm -hmm. head. And we found certain treatment techniques like EMDR, it's a specific psychological treatment for trauma, helps to calm it down. So it's very exciting that we can see it and we can remediate it, which is, you know, I just love that idea is that you're not stuck with the brain Mm -hmm. you have. You can make it better. Right. And how do you how do you choose the corrective actions or methods when you're recommending, you know, based on the current findings of the scan, like you said, if it's, you know, anxiety or the gear shifter when they're basically in replay or reloop mode of, of their trauma? I mean, is it like sound therapy or uh, meditation where you're basically retraining the neural pathways in your brain. I haven't, if you want to expand on the EMDR example, I'd be interested in that. You know, there are actually a number of techniques that are similar to EMDR that seem to be very helpful. And uh, EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. And it is a technique where people bring up the trauma, but they have their eyes going back and forth. And as they do that, it seems to really help process the trauma. So it is um, called alternate hemisphere stimulation because what's happening is they're stimulating one side of the brain, then the other side of the brain while they bring up the trauma. And it, it tends to help people integrate it better. That overactivity we see in the brain goes down, which I just really like uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and people tend to feel significantly better. So I published a study on soldiers uh, who were involved in traumas, and we saw significant decreases after EMDR. We also saw it with police officers who were involved in shootings. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, how would you, you know, 
typically what's the frequency of these techniques? Would this be, you know, on a weekly basis that you do, you know, the EMDR technique or twice a week, three times a week? Um, you know, the average for us in the police officer study was eight sessions. And so typically they've come once or twice a week. Okay. Okay. And do you have any comments as far as other modalities or corrective actions on, you know, sound therapy, uh, meditation, or energy healing that you've seen effectively work as a patient is, you know, plugged in in the imaging? I have seen hypnosis be very effective. It's one of my favorite uh, techniques. I've seen meditation help calm the brain, but also stimulate the thoughtful part of the brain, which is really uh, exciting, I mean, really cool. Um, there's a new technique called havening, H-A-V-E-N, uh, so like haven, havening. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has been shown. But again, their alternate hemisphere stimulation, or they're stimulating both sides of the brain at the the same time. And uh, people tend to sleep better afterwards. They feel better. uh, So how does that look? I mean, the havening technique, you're sending pulses in the brain to the left brain and the right brain to balance it out? No, what they're doing is, so they're stimulating bilaterally forehead, cheek, arms, hands, um, while initially you bring up the trauma, and then you do the havening, and then you distract yourself from the trauma. And it's, uh, I mean, it's a whole specific uh, treatment technique, but it's like EMDR, and can uh, be very helpful to relieve fears, phobias, and anxiety. Oh, okay. And I think that's one of the largest hurdles when somebody's, you know, dealing with a life challenge or a curveball. It's overcoming that initial fear or, like you said, how do we get out of that loop or that downward spiral of what we're dealing with, whether it's stress, emotions that we're not understanding, but it, there's a lot of fear that comes into play, just breaking that cycle of taking the first step to our healing process is, you know, a big movement to go beyond our circumstance. Well, oftentimes, so it's a brain shift. It's also a mind shift that mm-hmm. happens uh, that's, you know, so important to happen at the same time. Yeah. And when, now, when I always think of people, I think of them in four circles. Uh, they're biological parts to what's going on, psychological right. parts, social parts, and spiritual mm-hmm. parts. And when you address each of those four circles in a person's life, it is so much better. Right. And and since you're a doctor, you could, you know, now see this with the brain imaging of, you know, I call it taking the holistic approach when we're dealing with our mind, body, soul, as well as emotion. Um, for somebody who's not familiar with taking a holistic approach, why would you say that it's important to start exploring the value and importance of their well-being? Well, because everything affects your brain. So we know if you hang out with unhealthy people, your brain's not going to be as healthy. You Mm -hmm. die early. If you don't have a sense of meaning and purpose in your life, um, you die 15% before people who do. So lifestyle interactions make a huge difference on uh, the overall health of your brain. Mm -hmm. And what do you think the biggest misconception is when it comes to the health of our brains? I mean, do people just get intimidated? Like, oh my gosh, I have to be a you know, a neuroscientist or a brain surgeon to understand what's going on in my brain. Kind of like you said, it's brain envy. You know, you don't care about it because you don't see it. What's, what do you think the biggest misconception is? That I can't change it. 
that I'm stuck with what I have. Mm. I'm 50, my memory's no good. That's normal. Um, no, it's usually because you have bad habits. Um, 70, and my mer- memory's no good. Well, that's because I'm old. It's like, no, it's because you have bad habits. So mm-hmm. there is no time when it should be normal or okay to have bad memory. So wow. people, they, they just don't think that they can change it so they don't do the right things. And my message, and change your brain, change your life, is you're not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. I can prove it. And that's exciting. Yes, very exciting. Now, before we close out, I know you know you have to go because I know you're filming you know, with the PBS special and also doing your tour with a new book. One last question, Dr. Daniel. You know, if someone needs help, how are they able to recognize the help that they need if they're not, you know, able to comprehend or have the capacity that they, you know, need help because of uh, a mental or emotional, um, we'll just say, misalignment or misfunction of their thinking? Like, how do we give them help when they're not able to recognize it for themselves? Well, you know, I think psychiatrists have done a really horrible job of helping people know when they need help. No one wants to see a psychiatrist. No one wants to be mm-hmm. labeled as abnormal or crazy. But everybody wants a better brain. So I tell my patients, you know, what if mental health was really brain health? And the imaging work we do has taught me that lesson over and over. And in that way, there's no shame uh, in it. It's... Uh, who wouldn't want a better brain? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any any advice as to how to offer this help to somebody who's in that position that you want to reach out to them with? You know, you don't want them to feel ashamed of getting brain health versus you know mental health of seeing a specialist. Um, how can we approach them? Well, so I what I've found to be effective is people don't want to be told things are wrong with them. I don't want somebody to tell me something's yeah. wrong with me. Yeah. But I want you to tell me how I can be better. And so if it's a hopeful, optimistic message, then you have much more chances of getting someone to buy into it. Great. Great. I've enjoyed our time with Dr. Daniel Amen. And Dr. Daniel, where would you like your listeners to go to find out more about your new release and some of your um, TV appearances? Well, if they go to amenclinics.com, they can learn about the new book. They can get some free gifts uh, when they order the book. And uh, they'll also be able to see the schedule of my public television appearances starting nationwide November 28th. Alrighty, everyone, and that is our guest today, Dr. Daniel Amen with Change Your Brain and Change Your Life. And stay tuned after the break as I read some of our listeners' questions from all over the world. So I'll see you guys back after the break. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. You 
you are tuned into, You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm April Ford, and I encourage you to listen to the full replay segment of this episode. In the first half, we had Dr. Daniel Amen with Change Your Brain, Change Your Life on how to be able to change your brain. So make sure you you listen to the replay. And in this segment of our show today, I am going to take more questions from our listeners all over the world. I'm just randomly going to choose them. So the first one is any suggestions on alleviating stress? Uh, I would say the top three things that I personally do to alleviate stress is um, to breathe. Uh, second is to meditate. We talked about that in the previous um hour with Dr. Daniel Amen, the importance of meditating and what it does to your brain, and also writing or listening to music. I would say writing, listening to music is the third third thing. I know a lot of us take breathing, you know, for granted because we breathe day in, day day out, whether we're asleep or even awake. And sometimes we can take it for granted, but you can just change your physiology when you're in a stressful a moment to just take a moment and take a deep, full breath, and you would be able to notice that it that it helps um, immediately. And as far as meditating, um, I do what I call the word cloud exercise. You know, for those of you guys listening, I don't want you guys to do this if you're, you know, listening in your car and you're driving. So you might want to listen to the replay of this. But I teach some of my clients um, who are having a hard time. Maybe they're new to meditation and they're not comfortable with sitting still or being still just physically, you know, sitting in one position or being able to mentally calm their thoughts in and being still. So I'll give you an example of what the word cloud exercise looks like. You um, try sitting in a comfortable position. And when you close your eyes, you imagine yourself sitting as a passenger in the front seat of your car. And you're leaning your shoulder on the window as if you want to fall asleep. And as you look out into the window up at the sky, you see clouds that form words. And these words are your thoughts. And the words could be certain words such as work. It could be cooking, groceries, bills, traveling. As the car continues to drive forward, the clouds disappear to the back. And you're only able to look up. And onward, so there's no turning your head or standing, you know, staring at the back window. And as you view each word cloud coming, you see it and you let it pass. Don't focus or analyze it, just observe it at that moment and let it pass. Now, when you do this for about three minutes, you'll find that your mind and your thoughts are able to quickly and immediately just calm down. Again, this is a word cloud exercise. Again, I don't recommend trying this exercise while you're driving, but go ahead and listen to the replay. And give me some of your feedback on that. I know one of um, one of my listeners said, make sure I talk about how I actually get into meditation when we're first starting. Okay, so enough with that. I don't want you guys to fall asleep on me. Uh, the next question is, how do you forgive someone who has hurt you and the pain is still too strong to forgive? Uh, my suggestion is, you know, first you have to recognize what forgiveness means and it means to release And you're probably feeling, you know, the torment of the pain because you have bonded yourself to the situation or the person. Um, You need to release yourself from those chains of pain. 
I call it the change of pain through forgiveness. Again, again, forgiveness means to release. And I think a lot of people have a hard time forgiving because they associate forgiveness as far as meaning, you know, making the person or situation who inflicted the pain okay. And that's not what forgiveness is. And and the technique that I've used that I would recommend for you to try, again, don't try this as you're driving, listen to the replay. Um, when you close your eyes, think of the person or the situation that is causing you the pain or the despair and stress and really feel every emotion in your body to recognize, you know, the thoughts that you're having about this person or situation, then stand in front of it or them. And I want you guys to say out loud as you're feeling every emotion and thought that's going through your body and your mind, you know, I want you guys to stand in front of it and recognize it and say out loud, I forgive you, I release you, and I bless you. And if you want to add more to that, you can also say, you no longer have authority and power over me. And sometimes, you know, I do know, I recognize for you guys that the pains are so rooted deep down and you don't want to let go subconsciously. You don't want to let, let go. Um, so you have to continue to forgive. That's another misconception when people forgive. They think it's just, oh, I just forgive once and then that's it. And they realize later on that they're still harboring some of the pain um, of the situation or the person. So when I showed this lady, Maracruz, who I was coaching this forgiveness technique, you know, I was coaching her because she wasn't able to have peace with the situation of her brother being kidnapped and missing with no answers. You know, she was able to walk through this exercise and immediately she felt like um, weight was lifted off her shoulders and she was just crying at, you know, at that, at that moment as we were going through the exercise. Okay, again, I don't want you guys to do this while you're driving, so make sure you listen to the replay. So on with the next question. Do you have any tips on finding more time with a busy schedule, um, considering the other episode that we had on being, doing, and having it all as um, mothers with all of our roles and responsibilities? Um, the, the thing that I do with time management, I do time blocking. You know, I prioritize, I break it down into budgeting time, talents, and treasures, and really budgeting time that means prioritizing each day by time blocking on what's important, and you know, going back to our previous episode of being, doing, and having it all, and um, you know, how do we manage all of our roles and responsibilities? You have to list out which hat you're going to wear for a segmented amount of time and wear that hat only. Uh, for example, if you have to be at work, say, from 8 o'clock in the morning to noon, you know, if you're a career person or you're building a business, be that career person that you are and not the other roles and responsibilities that you have, such as if you're a mom. So between 8 and noon, you're not in mommy mode, you know, planning the weekend activities, or maybe you're an entrepreneur building a side business, so you wouldn't want to be, you know, doing any of those tasks while you're at work from 8 to noon. And then when you switch modes, you know, in the afternoon, you switch modes, you switch roles and hats, be that role and be that hat at that moment and not you know, anything else, because you're going to get drained mentally and by being fragmented and unproductive of um, in what you're trying to accomplish. And I, I know a lot of us get stuck in the meaning of multitasking. You know, we can have so many things that we have to do in our roles, but at any given moment of time, we can only really function and focus on one task at a time. And also learn how to discipline your distractions. I mean, that's a whole nother topic that we can get into, but just to stay focused on this, on how to time manage and manage, you know, budgeting your time, talents, and treasures. As far as your talents, you know, know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Leverage, leverage your resources for the areas that you need help with and really play up um, your strengths. And as far as treasures, it really has to do with 
you know, oftentimes we're overwhelmed because we feel overloaded or unequipped on some of the responsibilities that we have to, um, you know, uphold to. Reassess the treasures, I call it, that you already have at your disposal, at your resources. You know, it could be time, money, or people, and really learn how to ask um, for help and also learn how to say no to things. Not every opportunity should be an obligation. So one last question before we take our break, because it kind of ties into a previous question here. I'm finding it hard to say no. Okay. Um, You have to be realistic and recognize why you are saying yes to everything. Are you seeking approval? Are you wanting to be accepted and connected to your you know, the person requesting, are you doing it to prove a point because you're competitive? You know, I know these aren't pretty questions to address, but it will save you the heartache, stress, and overwhelm of why you're overcommitting yourself. Um, again, check out the replay of the episode that I did with Beth um, at Huffington Post when she said, you know, you know, save your best yes and learn how to ask for help to create those boundaries and also say, you know, saying no to things. Okay, we're going to go ahead and take our next commercial break and I'm going to pick a few more questions um, from you guys. So keep them coming in. See you guys back after the break. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is apriljford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April Ford, and this part of the hour of our segment today, I've been answering questions from all of our listeners. Thank you so much for keeping them um, coming in. Again, if you want your question answered um, here live, go ahead and send me an email at apriljford at joysofya.com, apriljford at J-O-Y-S-O-F. Yah.com. So if you need advice on a life challenge or just need an extra pair of eyes or insight into an adversity that you're dealing with, go ahead and send me those questions and we'll see if we can get those answered um, for you. Our next question from Beverly. Beverly is going back to work after being on bereavement leave. How do I deal with people who are going to comfort me, console me, um, because I don't want a pity party? Okay, uh, let's see. First, you know, acknowledge, you know, that these people are obviously genuinely trying to show their sympathy and kindness. So I think that's that's a good thing. And I would just say, just keep the conversations brief and, you know, make sure you thank them because, again, they're coming from a place of genuine um, offering their love and support. And what I found is that people 
generally know how to respect your space. You know, they, they kind of want to just say hello, you know, and express their condolences and whatnot and, and really, you know, take a step forward to see how much you're willing to engage in the conversation, but respectfully so they also kind of move back to um, give you space. So I think that there, there shouldn't be anything that you should be concerned of when you do um, go back to work after your bereavement leave. And a question from Carrie, how do I take the first step in moving forward with my goals? Uh, that's a very, very good question. Um, first, recognize, you know, what is it that's in front of you that's blocking you from taking that initial and first step? You know, it could be fear, as we talked about with Dr. Daniel um, at the beginning of the hour. Is it fear? Is it overwhelm? Is it the lack of clarity and direction? You know, really find out what it is. And if you have to get a coach or a mentor like myself to help you recognize, you know, what is it that that's inhibiting you from moving forward? You know, that's what I'm here for. And then you'll be able to come up with a plan on how to move beyond that obstacle that was once in your way to really move beyond it and towards your goals. You know, as an example, say that you wanted to lose weight. Well, most of us already know that we should be exercising and what to eat, what not to eat. But the only way you're going to lose weight is two things. is one, have a plan, and two, um, at best, having someone like a coach or a mentor to hold you accountable towards your goals. Um, so, Carrie, thank you for the question. Hopefully that answers your question. And with Dave, not really a question, but he wanted me to comment about the discussion that we previously had about um, money. Okay, so my comment about money, what I found that people will invest in their financial returns before they invest in themselves, you know, if they only knew that they had it backwards. Um, first, they have to seek out, you know, typically people first out, you know, they're seeking every financial opportunity out there. And my advice, you know, really is know that not every opportunity is not an obligation. You know, when you don't address on working on you first, let's say you're dealing with some sort of emotional setback or you were affected with some life challenge, as we discussed in the previous segment um, or top of the hour with Dr. Daniel, it affects and trickles into every part of your life. It could be your finances, your health, your relationships, your kids, your decision-making, um, your habits, as Dr. Daniel um, alluded to, your outlook and purpose in life. You know, I've interviewed and interacted with so many millionaires, and you'll find that the common thread among them is that they invest in them th- in themselves first and then their financial portfolio, meaning that they invest in their mindset first. They invest in their health. They invest on getting a mentor. They invest on, you know, who do they associate and hang around with, you know, people who are there to uplift and make them a better person versus what we call the negative Nancys that pull them down. So when they do all of this first, then the success is just the result of that. So in my opinion, you know, people out there, they have their sequence and out of order and they kind of wonder why they're not manifesting their best life. You know, not to say that it doesn't include, you know, making mistakes along the way, but really um, it, it's first, knowing and recognizing that it should be about, um, you know, investing in yourself first and the rest will, as a result, just come, come its way as a result. So thank you, Dave, for um, encouraging me to speak on that based on our discussion when people invest in themselves versus um, money first. Let's see, the next question what are the warning signs of an abusive relationship and how do we see these warning signs in friends and approach them without seeming too nosy or intrusive? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Let's see. I would say first look at the environment of fear. Uh, Look at the environment for isolation, um, threats um, in the environment. Also listen to what's being said. A lot of mine 
manipulation goes on in abusive environments. So again, look for fear, isolation, threats, and a lot of mind manipulation. And really, the second thing is knowing the difference between concern and control of being in an overprotective um, relationship. And obviously, the obvious thing is to look for the physical signs of abuse and harm. And I would say offer your genuine love and support in a gentle manner and befriend both ends of the party. I didn't say become friends, but befriend them um, because you never really know what kind of help someone needs as to why they are doing the things that they're, they are being questioned of. Who knows? They might be going through some sort of depression or anxiety or fear not to justify their actions, but really maybe they need help. Maybe both, um, um, parties need help. Again, um, look for the environment of fear, isolation, threat, mind manipulation. Second thing, the difference between concern and control and obviously physical signs. Okay, last question before we have to close. And I apologize, I can't get to all of your questions, but keep them coming in. And I promise I will answer them in um, future segments. What books would you recommend that you've read? Um, of course, I would say the Napoleon Hill not only because they've endorsed my bestseller, You Are Not Alone, but because I believe in the fundamental principles of Napoleon Hill. Uh, my two favorites are Grow Rich with a Peace of Mind and Outwitting the Devil. Uh, let's see. Making Great Decisions by T.D. Jakes. What I Know for Sure by Oprah. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Uh, Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson. Purpose Driven Church by Rick Warren and Emotional EQ. And I forgot the name of that author. So just look up Emotional um, EQ. Alrighty, everybody. I appreciate everybody's questions. Again, if you want to send more questions, April J. Ford at joysofya.com. So I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light to what others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings to what others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. Go to feeljoyagain.com to receive your free weekly words of joy on information on how you can take part in the four steps to create your roadmap to success. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.